0: Our opinions aren't too tough, rough, or gruff. We are proof that you don't have to be an expert to have an opinion. So just...
1: Shut up and sit down.
0: This is Sports Stuff with Jim and Marv. This is... Sports stuff with Jim and
2: Muff. Muff, you got COVID? I, I do not. I'm good. So right now, we're okay. So for the time being, because apparently everybody in the sports world's got COVID. So I just want to make sure you don't have it. I don't have it.
0: Well, I mean, we're not getting tested daily. So that's true. You where that goes. Uh, as, as Jim's lead in there, NFL... Uh, players' games have been ravaged by COVID this week. Um, as you're listening to this, hopefully, on Tuesday, uh, we still have two more games to go. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. what did, was not affected, impacted by COVID, I mean, there's a lot of sports, all the major sports at this point have been impacted, uh, was golf. Tiger Woods returned to competition-ish this week. Uh, and the golf world lost the its ish collective there. minds. Don't it put was the ish in there. It was competition. I'll it, move on. Okay. It was competition-ish. Um the bull pick'em started.
2: Yep. Jim updates. I don't really have the the breakdown of who's winning, who's losing, but what I can tell you is we have thirty people in the bowl pick'em. Thirty that jumped on the sports stuff bull pick'em. I'm super pumped about that. So thank you for everybody who is participating. Next episode, we'll give you an update on where everybody stands. So I'm super pumped that everybody is part of the bowl pick
0: And I am up. And this is your reminder to listen to all the episodes, betting and otherwise. Keep up if you're in the running for any of the upcoming prizes. And if you have a friend that may be a good guest, let us know. And be sure, over the holiday season, tell one of your family members to give it a listen, try us out. If you know somebody that's a betting aficionado or just likes to lose money, time to listen to the betting show. Tell us their thoughts. Follow us at Sports Jim Muff on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, Sports Stuff w forward slash Jim Ambersand Muff. And let's get into the show. And it is time for NFL Week 15
3: Breakdown.
2: Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun.
0: The background noise means we're in the homestretch. It's getting interesting. The playoff picture starting to take shape?
2: Yeah, I think so. Question mark? People are clinching things. Yeah.
0: People are just trying to. Um, I don't know if anybody after today clinched anything yeah. definitively, after today, yeah. after Sunday. Yeah,
2: they did, I swear. We'll
0: get to yeah, it. Yeah, they did. We'll get to it. Starting on Thursday, NFL action, Chiefs-Chargers. The Chiefs win in overtime 34-28. Missed field goals and squanders forced down throughout the game. Cost the Chargers. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes have a fantastic night. Jim, how are you feeling about your Chargers starting this off?
2: Um, Their coaching decisions, this whole analytical thing, and we get to it in the Baltimore game, The analytical thing of going for it on fourth down and because the analytics say so. I've watched enough Chargers games, thankfully, this year to know that it's not helping the Chargers. So, and in this game it proved to be that way when they went for it on a couple times and failed. They should have gotten some field goals and decided to go for it. And it, it cost them this time. So, I think this is more coaching decisions than... They got beat by the Chiefs, in my opinion. In my opinion. Hot take.
0: I don't know if that's the hottest of takes. Nate, are the Chiefs back?
1: I think they're starting to get there. I mean, they didn't look great in the first half. Scoring-wise, they only scored 10 points, which is low for them, but they're slowly but surely getting their way back to where they need to be.
0: Special guest, Wilf, the decision leader, not all the way back yet
1: uh
4: i didn't really see it but i would think the chiefs are on their way back they're putting together a couple nice wins i mean it's all about getting you know i mean they're they're getting hot at the right time i would say if they're going to lose a game they need to lose in the next week or two before the home stretch of the playoffs happen if not i mean they could really streak straight to the super bowl
0: Starting into Saturday football, the NFL gives us football on Saturday, not just Thursday, this week, but Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Uh, and Saturday, one game, supposed to be two, uh, the one game was the Patriots versus the Colts and the Colts win 27 to 17. The Colts keep the Pats fourth critter surge at bay with a Jonathan Taylor 67 yard touchdown run to ice the game. There was a fight, there were some ejections. there's some controversy. How are we feeling about it?
2: I don't think that's a shocker that the Colts won. I think the Colts, to me, are the team that's getting hot in the NFL. I like the Colts.
4: Go
1: ahead, Wilk.
4: The Colts defense, I mean, they talked about it in the Cowboys game about how well the Colts defense is playing. I think they're leading the league in turnovers. Uh, I mean, they're really putting together a nice end of season. So if they, once again, it's all about the streak. If they can keep kind of mounting momentum, they could be a team to beat.
0: We'll see. I don't know if there is a team to beat right now in the AFC. Of Really, I don't know if there's a team to beat in the NFL at this point. Um, <clears throat> Nate, did uh, you see the the ejections of Pittman and I forget the defensive player that went out? Yeah, um, Duggar? Sounds right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did see that. I was kind of surprised by the result of that. We can get into that more in the beanbag bop. But yeah, I saw that. I think there was quite a few people that were uh, kind of taken back by multiple ejections and not just one.
2: Indeed, indeed. Getting
0: into Sunday football, the Bills return to form and do what they're supposed to do against the Panthers, winning 31 to 14 behind three touchdown passes by Josh Allen. Stephon Diggs was only 35 yards receiving this one, but did haul in one score. That Question is. to the group, over under Bills, 10 wins. They're at 8-6 and six now with remaining against games against the Pats, Falcons, and Jets.
2: Yeah, they'll get 10 wins.
1: Yeah, they'll get 10.
0: 10? Not yeah. over?
1: No. What's their record right now? 8-6. Eight eight six. Six. Where's the game at against New England?
0: That I do not know. I just know there are three opponents oh. remaining, are the Pats, Falcons, and Jets.
1: I think it's at the Pats, wasn't it? a couple weeks ago where they played that real windy game.
2: I think you're right. I think that was in Buffalo. Yeah,
1: they'll lose in New England.
4: Yeah, it's next week and they're in New England.
1: We'll um, yeah, finish
2: 10-7. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean,
4: I think they'll beat the Falcons. That game's at home. And then they play the Jets at home. They should they should win their last two games.
0: They'll push on the over-under 10.
4: Yeah,
2: oh,
0: yeah. Okay. Next, cardinals lines. DeAndre Hopkins confirmed out for the remainder of the regular season. Uh, this is apparently all the lines needed to motivate themselves as they win their second game of the year and putting themselves in the position maybe not to get the first pack pick in the draft, winning 30-12 to 12 over the Cardinals. Can the Cardinals compete for the NFC Crown without DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup? The
1: way they look today, absolutely not.
2: Yeah, hell no.
0: Okay, I think that's consensus. I am in agreement. Next, Jets-Dolphins. Speaking of teams that May get the first round pick. The Jets come out of this game like a bat out of hell, but can't sustain for four quarters. And the two led Dolphins come back in this one to win 31 to 24. Dolphins are on the real run right now with six straight wins. Are they going to be able to play their way into the playoffs?
2: I don't really care. I want to talk about, did you see the pass to the eligible receiver that was a lineman? The touchdown pass. He catches the ball. He jumps into the stands and <laughs> scares the shit out of the, uh, the audience, the fans I'm not even gonna say fans because it looked because they were front row seats and it looked like they had just like gotten the tickets and they're there. they were scared shitless. He comes out of the stands, he gets in the end zone and he does the work how he had all this time and how he had that much energy for an offensive lineman, but he was hustling. that's the story of this game Mom.
0: The story of the dolphins right there
2: oh it was great that if they don't make it to the playoffs that one performance today makes their season
0: there's the performance next we got the cowboys taking the giants the cowboys d steps up against the long neck of the law mike glennon and jake from state from uh, to force four turnovers and keep this one in hand all the way 21 to 6 win over the g-men cowboys improved to
1: 10 and 4.
2: yeah and the Giants' uh, Shepherd tears his Achilles. The Cowboys' defense, man. Wow.
0: I, I'm i not going to put much from this game, speaking it was the second and third string quarterbacks for the Giants. I agree
2: with that, but I, overall, they've scored points on points on points for me and my fantasy team. I, I just, I'm impressed with them. I'm impressed with their defense.
4: The Dallas defense has outscored the Dallas offense. I think the past two games,
2: and they have like a bet. I think that's what they said. I mean, as a Cowboys fan,
4: and I know I've said this before, like they just don't—they're not looking as good as they should, yeah. and that's worrisome because like you can't win games in the playoffs like they played today. They should have lost today's game if they played a team that was any good. They would have lost. Dak Prescott for the second week in a row had a costly turnover that was put away time and it just it's 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 what separates winning teams from championship teams they'll make the playoffs their division's horrible but you know depending on who they get what kind of finish they get and how everybody else in the league finishes or the
0: um,
4: the nfc conference you know they might be one and done depending on who they play because if they don't play a team that makes mistakes like that. They they're not gonna they're not gonna do well, and it's just it's disheartening because they have all the talent. You hear the announcers talk about it every game. Like they have an embarrassment of riches on the offensive side of the ball, and we're just not doing anything. We'll get inside in the, in the twenty in the red zone and we're kicking field goals. How many field goals did Zerline kick today?
0: Know, enough for me to get excited because he was on a fantasy I mean, team for me.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he kicked three or four field goals. He missed two extra points. So we only scored two touchdowns. It just, it. just There's little things like that that you just kind of watch the game. And if you watch it consistently, you're like, oh, what's happening? But the defense looks great. And if those two things could match up, they'd be awesome. But I, I don't see it anytime soon. Our offensive line needs to heal quick.
2: Fair
0: enough. And by our, I have zero stake in Cowboys situations. Cowboys. The
4: Cowboys. The Cowboys <laughs> offensive line. This is not a
0: Cowboys yeah. podcast. <laughs> we are not for the former Americans. Hey, Steel.
2: we. Hold on. I'm okay with the Cowboys. I'm oh, with the
0: You can jump. You have a Cowboys
2: podcast? Have at it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steeler. Let's go. <laughs> Titan
0: Steelers. The Steelers' D finally shows up for four quarters, and the offense doesn't have to. Miraculously scored 20-plus points in the fourth quarter to win. Steelers take one away from the Titans, 19-13.
2: to We're to come
0: on the AFC North as we go through this NFL breakdown.
2: So I know that I shit on the Steelers, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, very regularly.
2: And what I'm about to say is going to be construed that way because of my prior stances. Is this not a bigger statement on the Titans? Um... I don't know how to
0: answer that one. The Titans offensively couldn't do much through the air. They had a hundred plus yard rusher, which that has been the Steelers defensive MO is to give up a lot of rushing yards. Uh, But the Steelers played the bend don't break for the most part in this game. And I think that was the difference. Um, Steelers did force some turnovers, which were helpful. Um, And that's been the knock sometimes on Ryan Tannehill is that he cannot put the team on his back to put away games
2: but as far as teams in the afc like aren't the titans one of the like
0: they're one of the top records yes
2: and right now the steelers and just this is here i don't want to be a steelers hater right this second the steelers are at the lower rungs of the afc
0: i don't know if they're at the lower rungs of the afc they may be the lower rungs of the afc north
2: Well, I could tell you that the
4: Tennessee Titans are currently in the standings of the AFC are in third place and the Pittsburgh Steelers are in tenth place and they are one, two, three. They are three spots away from being eliminated.
2: I just I would like to see like Tennessee what to me this is a testament to Vrabel. That was my whole what I'm trying to get to Mo. Is to me it's like Vrabel's not the guy to get them. That's where they're at.
0: Things I've been saying all along, Ohio State yeah. people don't put teams over the top.
2: Right. <laughs> trying to have an all right. Yeah, no I I walked myself into that. I, it.
0: I, I allowed you to keep going until yeah. I could find the moment. There was Thank, the you. moment. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Next, speaking of people that from Ohio State that have just strung themselves out, Texans Jaguars. Uh, no Urban. Same result. Jags lose to the Texans thirty to sixteen. Um, more wins end of the season question of the group jets jags or texans 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 most wins out of this group
1: i'll second that
0: give me the jets just because i want to see it happen
4: Uh, i mean the jets and houston both have three and the jags have Mm. two are we not counting the, the lions anymore who also only have two wins
2: oh no we have faith in them
4: okay so it's just the three afc teams
2: We're just looking
0: at these three teams right now. The Lions are their own animal. (laughs) Mm. And plus they have a tie, so they're better than the other two in teams.
4: Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Jets as well. I just, no confidence in the Jags. And I don't know enough about what's going on in Houston. Whatever happened with Deshaun Watson?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: He continues to be a uh, in what they, in the uh, hockey world, call a healthy scratch. Um, moving along to the Bengals-Broncos, Bengals go into Denver as underdogs and come out winners, taking a 15-10 win from the Broncos, thanks to a 57-yard third-quarter touchdown from Joe Burrow to Tyler Boyd. This game, unfortunately, also saw Teddy Bridgewater go off on the stretcher. Um, if Teddy is out for an extended period of time, is this another audition period for drew lock or is it officially time to move on? If Teddy's going to be out for the rest of the season.
2: Okay. So did you watch that game off?
0: No, zero, zero minutes okay. watched. I,
2: I don't mean to crap on your breakdown, but the game was the Bengals one because drew lock fumbled at the end. He fumbled at the nine. It was it, like, he was able to be stripped very easily. And was on the
0: third down play. I saw the game by. I saw the play by play. I was watching the game.
2: That that's what cost. Like Cincinnati, their defense could not stop Denver very well on that drive. And I think Drew Lock had a had a fair shot at beating them had he not fumbled. I don't think Drew Lock. This is not an audition for him. Given that fumble, I think he's just struggling to hang in there. He about got picked off three or four times at the end. He's just not. No, he's, just he's, not not guy. he's just not yeah. good he's just not good
0: no nate he wilk thoughts bad.
1: i think uh Locke is really fighting for a job in the nfl
2: yeah
4: i think that denver
0: is going to have a new quarterback this time next year pbd on who falcons 49ers the 49ers are six and two over their last date And back in position to make the playoffs with a 31 to 13 win over the Falcons. Matt Ryan's last year as a Falcon.
2: I hope for their sake.
1: Well, doesn't he have that real big contract though?
0: That's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm trying to figure out is, are they going to allow themselves to move on from him? Are they going to find a, a team that's willing to engage in trade talks?
1: No one's taking that contract. Either Atlanta's got to eat it or they just gotta let it ride. Maybe Denver. Yeah.
0: Yeah. DPD on that. That's a big contract to eat up, though. I do know yeah, that. I don't know
1: enough about all these teams' financials to know, but I mean, yeah, I could see Matt Ryan in Denver if Denver's right on the cusp there. Is Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta's what now? Six and eight. But I mean, they just don't seem like they're a team to make a run for it next year either. Yeah, it so
0: doesn't, it doesn't really help. What about? They got rid of Julio June, Jones. Calvin Ridley's been out of their lineup for six, seven, eight weeks and will be, it looks like, for the remainder of the year. Um, I don't even know. Running back, they it Mike Davis is the number one option, I think. No I don't even know. Oh, um, Transition to wide receiver, got it.
4: I mean, this probably isn't likely because this would only be a trade, right? So he's probably not going to go to New Orleans, but they also need a veteran quarterback. I don't think Tyson Hill's yeah. the answer.
0: Yeah, oh, what about Jameis? We're not letting Jameis come back from an injury. No, <laughs> Carolina.
4: All uh, a, all NFC South teams, though, so it, it's probably unlikely. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, and in the last game of the afternoon slate, Packers Ravens. John John Harbaugh goes for two. Less than a minute left. <clears throat> Sounds familiar. And the Packers stop them en route to their 31-30 win over the Ravens. First, let's talk about that before we get into some questions about the bunched up AFC North and where we think that's going to go. Thoughts on the going for two analytics discussion?
2: Stupid. Stupid. In this sense,
1: I agree with Jim, but whenever they did it against Pittsburgh, I was all for it. And here's why. One, you're at home. You have all the momentum in the world at home. And two is like take that momentum into overtime. You just made Rodgers go three and out. Your defense came up big after you went for it on fourth down in your own end, or you inside your own in thirty, and you didn't get it. That should have told you you didn't have a two point conversion play. Yes, no, that, that play call was shit.
2: It was the same when you ran at the Steelers.
4: (laughs) I I don't know what happened because I was at the movies, so I didn't see it. I just know they they didn't get it. But I will defend Harbaugh because no one else on this podcast will.
2: No, hell no.
4: The same reason he went for it the last game, I agree that you go for the win. Here's why. I understand that everybody wants him to go into overtime, but I – feel like he had more confidence that Aaron Rodgers was going to beat him in overtime. So he was trying to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hand. I don't fault him for that. It's the same way that if he's in that position against Tom Brady, you go for two. And in my opinion, that's why he did it against the Steelers, he didn't want to give them the opportunity to win the game. So instead of leaving that decision in the other team's fate. He wanted We will win or lose by our play, not by your play. So I actually like that call. I know he hasn't made it. I understand that it didn't work out, but I would rather control my own fate than leave it up to somebody else. I don't know how the game flowed. You guys said he had some big defensive stops. Cool. But I would think that I would want to control my fate by having the opportunity to win instead of trying to kick the extra point, then have to stop them, then have to go do it again. So, like, if you go for the tie, you have to complete three things. If you're going for the win, you only got to do one thing right. So I just have always thought that while it's risky, that's actually the better move is to try to do one thing right as opposed to getting three things right. Just my two cents. I'm not an NFL coach, so
0: i wish we, i think we all wish we were for that money so that we could make these mistakes and get paid money to make that mistake uh so for me this game i this is very much the coin flip for me if i was a coach i'm not sure which way i would go if i'm forced to a decision right now on this podcast i will say i'm gonna go for two um because part of this is there was still 42 seconds left. I believe it was like that 40 seconds. Aaron Rodgers has shown over many, many years that that's enough time for him to get a field goal and at least force him to get the field goal to win instead of him getting a field goal, um, getting a field goal to win in regulation as opposed to the opportunity in overtime. That's how I look at it. So I don't have a problem with it. I understand why Ravens fans have a problem with it right now and many other people will because this is twice in the past three weeks that it's happened.
1: Yeah, he converts both of those. We're talking about Harbaugh completely different
0: right now. Yeah, and Harbaugh's sitting in the driver's seat in the AFC North.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, if you're moving on to a different segment, I hope you are, because I disagree. He isn't. They are now not in the driver's seat. No,
2: um, if he, if he makes it
0: if,
4: he,
2: if,
0: if there's
4: going if for two. That game. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Misunderstood.
2: Yeah. Uh, Saints, Buccaneers live. Oh, whoa, in. whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa! What? AFC North. It's a lot to talk about right there, which is exactly what Wilk was about to move into. AFC North bunched up, and all of these teams play each other. They're not bunched
2: weeks. up right this second, though. The Bengals are on top.
0: I, mean, I was just saying. By what? By one they, game?
2: yes yeah, on So top. here's what it. I That's bunched up, Jim.
4: I know you guys hate the ESPN app, but it has a really nice breakdown when you go on there, when you look at the standings, you go to the playoff option, and it gives you all the tiebreakers. And it tells you Cincinnati's in fourth. They have they win the tiebreaker over Baltimore based on head-to-head win percentage.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Then Baltimore's in eighth place. Then Cleveland's in ninth place. And then Pittsburgh's in tenth place. So there is a game that separates them, but the Steelers are actually – down by a game and a half because of the tie
0: right but the steelers could hold the tiebreaker over both the browns and the ravens in the next few weeks if they win so the Bengals are the steelers biggest uh challenge in this situation because they lost him twice gotcha yeah but the steelers also play the chiefs next week i'm just more curious who do we think ends up on top in this division because there's it's about to be a dogfight over the next three weeks
4: uh, my money's going to be on Cincy. That's that's where my money goes. I think Cincinnati will be able to pull it out. I, I think Baltimore might have a shot, and I just hate the Steelers enough to not I, – I don't want them to be anywhere near it. So I that's just my own personal bias. I'm not being a professional analyst here. I just hate the Steelers, so I don't want them to win any games
0: ever.
1: I still think this division comes down to the game next week, Baltimore at Cincinnati.
0: I agree, I agree. I think Baltimore is gonna end up winning this division in the end. As much as I hate to say it as a Steelers fan, I think that's
1: what's gonna happen. I don't know, I mean- so what happened? Baltimore's got Cincinnati on the road next week. Then they're back at home against the Rams and the Steelers. Well, that game, that's what I was about to say is like, so how much
4: if the Ravens, okay, I'm, there's so many questions. If the
1: Steelers are statistically out, how hard are they playing in that last game? Oh, they're playing spoiler.
0: Oh yeah, that's it's that's a that's a rivalry game.
1: And yeah, and that's one of those games. It doesn't matter how good or bad each team is; it's always mm-hmm. a tight game.
0: Yeah. And if that is to be Ben Roethlisberger's last game, the team's going to be playing for that as well.
4: Yeah, I mean that that one's going to be an interesting one. That's July 9th. It'll also be interesting, and I, I don't know if you guys have talked about this or brought it up, but, you know, this is the first week we're looking at COVID impacting the schedule this much. And it's going to be interesting to see what the next couple weeks hold because, you know, these are just the outbreaks that are happening now. And we're just kind of getting to the tip of whatever wave we want to call this. What kind of impacts will this have on future games? Because you got you got teams now playing on a Tuesday. Games are now being played on Saturdays. So you've still got Thursday games. So rest is going to be an issue. The COVID list will be an issue. And it'll be real interesting to see what teams do to kind of mitigate these impacts. I know that, like, um, once again, I'm just going to reference the Cowboys game. It's the only game I got to see. But, like, Jalen Smith, former linebacker from the Cowboys, He started the season with the Cowboys. He's played games with the Packers. Now he's on the Giants. That third-string quarterback for the Giants, he was on the Bills team earlier this year. So you're going to have a lot of moving pieces towards the end of the season. And that'll be interesting to see how these divisional games match up because teams will sign players off those divisional teams just to get playbooks and insights and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting. Those are like the -the behind-the-scenes things that I love.
0: Yeah, we're gonna see. And the, I mean, the the Browns. And we'll get into this later. In quick thoughts, the Browns playing a game on Tuesday and then having to play on Saturday, where that was not expected to be that short rest period, um, will potentially be the the biggest challenge for them, aside from all of their players that aren't able to play right now. Moving forward, so remaining games this week. Um, right now, we got the Saints taking on the Bucks. Nate, how's this game looking for you?
1: Right now, nothing. Nothing. Saints second drive of the game. All right.
0: Uh, Monday, we have two games. We've got the Raiders taking on the Browns, Vikings taking on the Bears. Who are our winners in these games?
2: Uh, Raiders and the Browns. I have the Raiders at this point. Yeah, I'm
1: also on the Raiders. All these guys
0: out. Let's go, Brownie. Give me the Raiders and the Vikes. On Tuesday, football. Bonus Tuesday, football. Seahawks, Rams. Mrs. Snyder's taking on the Eagles. Who we got?
2: I'm going to take the Rams and the Mrs. Snyder's. I'll also sign. Give me
0: the Rams and, and the Eagles. What'd you say, Nate? Ooh.
1: Ned, I'll, I'll mm. sign Jim's bet slip as well with those two teams.
0: I'm going to take the Rams-Eagles.
2: Wilk?
4: I'm going to go with the Rams and the Feagles.
2: All right,
0: There it is. That is the NFL breakdown for this week. More to come later and quick thoughts talking about the NFL COVID and what will be going on. And this leads us into the beanbag bop. We're doing the beanbag bop. Bop, bop. It's the beanbag bop. Bop, bop. It is that time of the week. Where we welcome Sam's Musical Overtones, Nate's expertise in the officiating world to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the other in football officiating. First off, Wilk continues to join us as a guest, and he has a question. I do, Nate, and I don't mean for
4: you specifically, but I do have general questions that I I have about umpiring or refereeing. So when there's two teams playing and you guys are roughing games, like how – How much does the game impact how you're calling it? Forget like little kids. Let's just take those out of the picture, but let's just talk strictly about high school varsity. So, like the game's getting out of hand, it's 35 nothing. It's the first quarter. When do you guys kind of get together and say, All right, we're just, we're not going to call holding on this other team because they're not, nothing's happening. Like, at what point does that score start to impact? how you're calling the game.
1: I think like you said, kind of when you get there, I mean, you want to be consistent all the way through, but I mean, I'd be lying if I said, Oh, I'm going to call the game exact same from start to end. If it's 35, nothing 42, nothing, whatever. I mean, the little stuff that you may call during a regular part of the game, if it's a seven, seven game or something like that, you're probably going to let it go because in the grand scheme of things, when it scores 35, nothing, you're getting a running clock and the game's going to be over.
4: Right. So, another question is like, when you guys are at a game, how much does like coaching or fans impact your not specifically you, but like maybe your colleagues when when someone's yelling like, Hey, 82's holding or whatever, whatever that yell is that they're yelling. Do you or your colleagues kind of go like, well, now that you're telling us, we're going to look for it, and you start to call it more? Or do you kind of go like, well, now that you're saying it, we're not going to call it. Like, I can't call it because you said it. How do you kind of like – you? I know you're trying to ignore them, but you can hear that. You, you can hear the fans or the, the, the players or the coaches chirping about stuff. So how does that impact your refing or your officiating?
1: In all honesty, it doesn't. I mean, you might get a coach that comes over and says, hey, my player, like said, number 82, is getting held. Can you watch? And you will say, yeah, coach, I'll watch it. But that's going to temporarily please them, thinking, okay, he's going to be watching for this. But at the same time, you got to keep your eyes on your keys. It's the same thing as any other player on the field. You're still going to watch the same set of area. You're going to watch the whole game. I mean, yeah, you might be a little bit more intentive. I would say, okay, if he says he's getting held, okay, maybe he is. Or – I need to watch that a little bit more closely. And you might look at that player specifically a little harder for a player, two. But the only other thing with that, too, is you might hear that, and the other kid might go, okay, their coach is saying I'm holding him. Okay, maybe I need to go a little easy on a couple of plays here. But usually, later in the game, if yeah. you give them okay. a call, then they'll be hush hush for the rest of the game.
4: Gotcha. Those are my two major questions I had about officiating when I watch sports. I'm always just wondering how that, that bridge is crossed by officiator or officiate officials. And since we have one on the podcast, I felt like I had to ask you. So.
1: I mean, that kind of stuff happens every game. So, I mean, you're always going to hear "Oh, my best players getting held. And then I might watch that player one or two plays in a row a little bit more intently because I can recall one for sure, this real big kid that, He played both ways, and he was just exhausted. But, I mean, of course, you're going to try to get any little competitive advantage you can try to get in the official's ear or get in the kid's head if you can. So it's part of the job that comes with
0: it. Awesome. Jim, the Thundering Herd have brought you some conversation for today.
2: So along that lines, kind of what Wilk said, but um, during a kick towards the end of the Marshall game, uh, Marshall player went to receive a kickoff. Um, I think I don't. I don't it was Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajun player came and the who Jim Raging Kagan. Thank you. Um, came in and lit, um, lit the Marshall player up before he caught the ball. I mean, head first, got called for targeting. Um, obvious targeting. He tried. It was a dirty play, basically, Nate. And you could see the Marshall players gunning, getting ready to either come on the field and beat this guy up, start a fight, or they were going to get theirs later on, on another play. As a referee, you see a fight brewing, or you know a dirty place, a, a reciprocating dirty place coming. What are you doing to gear up for that? So when you see that play that you're
1: referencing there on the punt return, yeah, immediately, obviously you're going to flag it, and you're going to try to get the tempers down a little bit on the Marshall guys. You know they're going to be hot, and they're going to want to get a retaliatory sort of hit. But again, if you have a good coach, and they're going to tell you, hey, don't play down to their level. Yeah, they had one play there. Don't retaliate and get a stupid 15-yard pony on us.
2: But is but there
1: stuff like that? You're going to be a little bit on edge and say, "Okay, this team just got one against them. They're probably going to come out and try to do something stupid here."
2: Are you like geared up to a protect yourself, obviously, or b are you are you getting flag happy to th- like I'm going to throw one just to calm shit down?
1: No, I don't get the mindset of I'm going to throw a flag regardless. But I mean, you're just going to be more on high alert. Of, Same thing like in a rivalry game, for example. It's like, you know, something big just happened, or you got teams that really don't like each other. So you got to be even more intentive than you are, especially post or uh, after the play is over and watch for dead ball stuff. Gotcha. Because, I mean, that's when you're going to get guys that come in like try to get chippy or they want to come in and get like a late hit in and just like brush off a guy or whatever. I mean that's honestly where more shit starts than anything is yeah. after the plays over
0: yeah. you know Jim like all the things that they flag in the NFL I Wait,
1: can I ask can I ask mm-hmm. a follow-up question how far are,
4: okay so how far are yes we yes weighed? yes you can
0: yes you can thank you I just want to make sure you, how you had
4: far permission. away are we from having automated refs in some sports
1: I don't think it's ever gonna happen personally because I think base,
0: baseball's the closest we have right now.
1: Yeah, baseball would be the only sport I could see it to have like an automated strike zone. But it's still, I mean, just like everything else, like football, like certain holds and like flinches and all that, all of it's going to be subjective. But, I mean, in baseball, if you have an automated strike zone, for example, it's going to be okay. A strike's a strike, a ball's a ball. If it hits this line or this box and, or if it doesn't hit this box.
4: But, I mean, doesn't tennis already have that? With the like line out and in, they go to the. There's like a
2: for a review. They go
4: to for review, but like the computer decides if the ball was in or out. It's not the judge anymore. The judge calls oh. it. There's a human judge there, right? And then if
1: they call a review, it's a computer who reviews it. Correct. Yeah, but I still think live. It's still on the, the judge in tennis.
2: And there's still a human there. Yeah, yeah and, and they're they have so human call- there. Yes. I don't think you're going to go to an all-robotic referee system I, in any sport. I just okay. don't.
0: In our lifetime.
1: Yeah, so in our lifetime. You need to argue and, and all that stuff, too. So what are you going to do? Argue with artificial intelligence? You're going to get nowhere.
4: Well, that's kind of what I'm saying is if if we're trying to eliminate – and Nate, I know you were just answering my questions, but, like, you said it. Like, your human feelings, emotions, judgment ends up coming into play. And when you're dealing with sports at this level, sooner or later, like you look at the referees that they have problems with in, in the NBA, you look at just different stories in the NFL with referees and their, I don't know what word I'm looking for, just their inaccuracy sometimes. And you offer a solution of going, well, here's a computer, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to dictate like, you know, this many penalties, and it's this much more accurate than a human being. Sooner or later, those, those statistics are going to start adding up, and money is going to start talking about it. Like you guys are already saying, like strike zones, balls a ball, strikes a strike, and they keep kicking around that idea and kicking around that idea. And what's what's the reason? The inaccuracies of human umps, and we have the technology to kind of go like, well, no, we're, we're able to judge it on this view, and we're able to have. And I'm making up these figures. I'm just making it up. If a computer is 98% accurate and a human's 95% accurate, sooner or later, that 3% accuracy is going to start turning some heads. So, while
2: I think you're taking the entertainment value out of it, though. Maybe, maybe I am. And that's
4: why I asked the question. But I, yeah. I just think that technology, as it advances further and further and faster and faster, You know, today they were talking about it once again. I think this might be my third or fourth reference to the Cowboys game. There was a bang-bang play with a catch. Um, The guy was going down to the ground. He fumbled the ball. The Cowboys recovered. Not only did they rule it a catch, they ruled it was a catch, and he didn't fumble, even though my naked eye and most other people's naked eye would have argued, no, the ball was coming out. So Schlereth was talking about when he was a kid and they played football in Alaska – you caught the ball, and, you know, once you caught the ball, that was a catch. And the definition of what a catch is has evolved oh, with yeah. slow motion replays. So while I understand what you guys are saying, as as technology evolves and things are defined better, computers can make this judgment. They can say, did that person have two feet in? Yes. Did he make a football move? Whatever that definition is. A football move is uh, i,
0: I want to say that if we get that deep into it this is like deep state stuff like then every player is going to have to have like a sensor on every part of their body mm-hmm. in their shoes the ball the elbows every part of that is going to have to be somehow it
4: may be
2: not I, I understand that's I mean, how we're going to start but i don't think you're
4: i mean you're saying that now with the understanding of what technology is Correct. today, December 19th of 20, yes. 2021, we don't know five years from now what kind of technology we're going to have where maybe they don't need to. Maybe those things, those trackers can be simple enough as a little tiny dot in a pad
2: Or a a vaccine. Whatever. Oh
0: whatever. I'm, All I'm right, we're saying. about to move
2: on from this topic now. <laughs> yes, no, we well, do Mike, not know. Hold on, hold on. My point being with the, with the entertainment value thing is, if you look at the Ohio State-Michigan game where Michigan missed the fourth down by inches, and if you look at the computer screen, it was, maybe they got it, maybe they didn't get it. And if you made it a scientific cut, clear cut because the sensor says they got it or the sensor says they didn't get it, it takes a lot of the fun and entertainment out of that game. I and you can't disagree. blame it on things anymore.
4: I don't disagree with you. And what I'm disappointed in, and that no one brought up is college football, because we did have an all computer system. We had the bowl system that was all it was all uh, programmed yeah. into the to the to computers, and they spit out. And now we've gone back to we have a panel, the human, humans, right? We have the humans and the the eye
0: test, which which um, Muff hates. <laughs> okay, number one. Yeah, I do usually hate the eye test. Um, <laughs> I was in favor of the bowl system as it was, but you have to realize it's also human made. So nobody really knew how the sauce was made in the end. People thought they knew, but I don't think the public really understood it. Uh, we just saw what it spit out. Um, and I don't understand how this came into a Cowboys. And then, of course, Jim, Ohio State is always looking to blame people.
2: Moving well, on. No, it was Michigan who hey, was blaming people, fool. We had it. Oh, but Michigan It was won. a nice try, Muff. Michigan won, though. No, um, lost. And that game I referenced, they lost. Go take a hike. Bro. Oh, why why Look do on.
0: you care? Why are we talking about two years ago, Jim? Because I'm like a share? Steeler
2: fan. I've been with doing 100 or some episodes with you. It's rubbed off.
0: There you go. Nate, let's talk about your working through uh, today uh, a call that you thought was potentially an issue, and then how you went into the the rule book and found out what really was supposed to happen and that it was done correctly.
1: So it was during the end or towards the end of the Steelers game and there was a holding call on the offense Pittsburgh on defense. And of course you stopped the clock. You have the penalty the penalty was declined. Well, the play ended in bounds because it was a rolled up sack fumble. So normally when that happens, you got a running clock, the clock runs. So, and I saw Cam Hayward start saying like, why in the clock? So that's what triggered my mind. I'm looking at the game clock. I'm like, Man, they didn't run any time off of that. So not knowing the NFL rulebook, I quickly got on my phone and searched it. And I'm going to find the exact wording here real quick that I sent earlier. Because this is something I had no clue of. So in the NFL rulebook, it states, if the game clock is stopped after a down in which there's a foul by either team, following enforcement or decline of a penalty, the game clock will start As if the foul had not occurred, except that the clock will start if the snap on the snap, sorry, if one, the the foul occurs after the two minute warning of the first half, or two, the foul occurs inside the last five minutes of the second half.
0: And that's how we know that the refs did it right,
2: they did a good thing.
1: Yeah, I just think that's a little odd, but I mean that's the NFL rule book so it is what it is that the clock stops
2: they stopped after the first two
1: or in the last two minutes of the first half or the last 5 minutes of the second half.
0: Yeah, that 5 minute thing that was um that was one of those things that Bill Belichick took advantage of. I forget how many years ago. Uh whenever that was still they were. I think they were going through like the five minute and stuff like that because I've always thought it was odd if a player goes out of bounds that the clock starts automatically once the ball's spotted again. I've always yeah. Thought that wasn't was that weird.
1: Belichick thing you're talking about? Whenever they were playing Vrabel and yeah. he kept committing false starts on when he's going to punt to kill time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was it. So, all right, Jim, you've got this last one that has a pretty extensive uh, lead-in, so I'm gonna let you get to it.
2: So, uh, Northern Illinois lost forty-seven to forty-one against Coastal Carolina after time expired, um, with the Huskies at the Chanteliers' four-yard line. NIU converted a fourth and one play with a four-yard pass to the tight end along the sideline. The official signaled for the clock to stop, but then motioned his arm to run the clock. Okay. It all started before the official allowed the Huskies to snap the ball. So the player goes out of bounds. Clock is stopped. They set the ball. He signals the clock to run before the ball is snapped. Obviously the clock runs out. Northern Illinois loses.
1: So the way I saw that was a little bit different. So when you're saying the guy... Stopped the clock and then ran the clock. From whatever I was watching that game live, to me, he was signaling that the player was inbounds. Okay. So your mechanics there are to stop the clock, and then he was signaling to the rest of the crew. I have him down in bounds. That's why you saw him give the, the circle motion. And sometimes you see it done differently too. You might see a guy even after a first down. Wind the clock and then stop at the signal. Okay, I have a guy in bounds here, but I'm killing the clock because it's a first down.
4: All right. So he didn't. He his forward progression stopped, and they ruled him down. Yeah, he, he didn't get out of bounds. Inbounds. Got it.
2: So the head yeah. of the MAC conference disagrees with you. Well, that
0: I, I see that you have got this here. Yeah. Um, is the the stop clock was for the first down. Correct. So, where's the disagreement on the forward progress? I mean, that's the only place there can be disagreement here. Yeah, I
1: think the disagreement was when the game clock restarted. Okay. Because I don't know if there was miscommunication, because Northern Illinois is out of timeout, and there was like one or two seconds left, so they ran in and spotted it, and as soon as the center judge cleared the center, they wound the clock, and Northern Illinois never got the snap off.
2: The yeah, the issue that the head of the MAC is saying is that the center judge should have allowed, should have been allowed to clear the center before the referee wound the clock.
1: Yeah, but from the way I saw the coach's reaction, I think he thought that the player was out of bounds and they had time that they didn't have to rush the snap.
0: Yeah, because once the ball, I mean, at that point, once the ball is placed the center judge goes away, and that's when the clock winds. Yeah.
2: After they, after yeah, the when first
1: he hear the center and is out of the way of even a potential bad
2: snap, that's when they're supposed to wind it. It's a bowl game. That means nothing. I don't know why they're this upset, but thank you for the clarification. Nate. Maybe, the,
0: maybe the Mac had a bonus on the
2: line. Maybe. Maybe. Well, and the fact that it could have potentially altered the outcome
1: of that game is what makes it worse.
2: All right. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Anything
0: else in the world? All no. of those that are here right now, Nate. Anything fun you've seen?
1: No, I think the Steelers thing was an eye opener to me.
0: Okay, indeed, Sam. You want to plug any of the uh, any of the items you're 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 going away in the uh, in the shop for, as Nate calls it, the sweatshop?
1: My
4: sweatshop. I was very busy with ornaments um, past few days. I made some really cute, sparkly ones for my coworkers. Um.
2: Are you doing anything for New Year's? Can customers order anything for New Year's?
4: I am sure that I could make some fun, sparkly shirts for New Year's.
2: All right. What about wine glasses?
4: And wine glasses. I am a great wine glass maker.
2: There we go. And great you can get, way
4: to celebrate your New Year.
0: Indeed. You can get a hold of Sam through her Facebook page, Harper Ambersand CO Period.
4: I am actually on Etsy now as well.
0: Ooh. Tell us how they can find you on Etsy.
4: My Etsy is Harper and Co WV. Good to and know. And it's the same Harper and Co
1: logo that looks like a little Tiffany box.
2: All right. Check it out. For,
0: for all of your creative needs, get on get on Etsy, get on Facebook, get on Instagram, yeah, as well.
3: Yep
0: all right get in the dms i don't know how, what does Etsy. does Etsy have the dms what does Etsy do
4: mm, etsy has listings that you can like buy from or you can message for like a custom type thing right. if you want something custom it's probably better to go through instagram or facebook though
0: there's the one get on it get on it get on it and that wraps up this week's beanbag Box.
3: everybody get your beanbag ready to rock Follow me and have fun. Do the beanbag pop.
2: Do it. Do it. The beanbag bop. All right. It's bowl season. Yay. So let's first kick it off with some bowl results. The Bahamas Bowl. Middle Tennessee beats Toledo 31-24. They beat Toledo. Don't have much to say about this game. I don't have much to say about any of these games. Uh, these well, are I have your... something to say. Well, I picked fill in as we go. We have a guest. Hey, I forgot, Alex. My bad.
3: <laughs> oh. Yeah, I just have been around so much now, but recently yeah, you just now. here. I just assume you're here. No fixture. You okay.
2: No fixture. In the what? What was the name of this bowl?
0: Well, it was the HBCU college championship.
2: There we go. (laughs) I know it had another. I know it had. I know it had like a. South Carolina State beats Jackson State thirty-one to ten.
3: There
2: we go. Thank you. That's why you're here. Yeah. Uh, Welcome. Thoughts on this? South Carolina State beats Jackson State by twenty-one points.
0: Coach Prime, Coach Prime, Ah. stole the show at the beginning. And yeah, I don't know what had- his I don't know what his injury is, but he rode out on a little scooter motorcycle and then he was riding around in scoot scoot, which that is what it is, but he came out on a scooter motorcycle and it was pretty epic. And then they lost, yeah. but
2: yeah, I think primetime got himself uh overhyped, got his team overhyped, and they've looked past South Carolina State hot take.
3: Yeah. I mean it was like a big win for Jackson State in the media, and they kinda laid an egg.
0: Yeah. But they did get the number one recruit in the country, so good for them.
3: We'll get we'll get to that.
2: Coastal Carolina beats Northern Illinois. Uh, we've talked about that game. In the tail greeter, Cure Bowl, the Mid-Atlantic Commissioner is pissed about that. But they win, 47-41.
3: Anything else you guys want to hit on that one? Uh, no chance. It was an egregious and unacceptable ending.
2: Okay. All right.
3: That was the direct quote from the um, MAC Commissioner. Gotcha. UAB beats number. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I really didn't think it was egregious or unacceptable. I just
2: looked how mad he (laughs) was. Got it. UAB beats number 13 yeah, BYU 31 to 28 in the Radiance Technology Independence Bowl.
3: This is a big upset. Yeah. Wasn't this your this was your ride or rider die muff, wasn't it?
0: This was, this was, I think, high point value in confidence picks. Uh, but I, to be fair, we were all on this game. so yep, I me just, too. I oh, lost yeah. points. No, said it. We all lost points. So I think I lost more than all of you. Uh, <laughs> I was not real happy about this one. <laughs> no. So uh, it was actually, it was interesting leading up to this game, like in some of the conversation beforehand, there was actually a lot of discussion that BYU was very much overrated. Uh, for their work in the regular season because they didn't have a full body of work they just had the wins so they did not pass the quote-unquote eye test to many people so um, as it comes out they were right i wish they wouldn't have been.
2: number 23 the rag and kagans beat marshall 36 to 21 in the rl carriers new orleans bowl anybody watch this game
3: uh, it was on ESPNU and I was at my aunt's house, who is anti television to begin with and definitely didn't have ESPNU. So I did not.
2: Really wanted Marshall to pull this out, thought they had a chance, and then they just kind of let it slip at the end.
3: Yeah, I was going to say they hung for I think this score doesn't do justice uh, to the actual closeness. Like, this yeah. is one of those ran out of energy at the end things.
2: Yeah. Moving on Western Kentucky beats App State 59 38, and one of the two biggest wins of the weekend in the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Thoughts? I was so shocked at the score in this one.
0: So uh, Zap Zappy, I believe the quarterback Western Kentucky, yeah. uh, surpassed Joe Burrow's touchdown pass record in yeah. one season. I don't um, think that sure. should
2: count. You're, you're Western Kentucky. Who are you playing? Oh, oh, it doesn't count. It just doesn't count anymore.
3: But, but, I mean, let it count, but come on. Okay, but is Western Kentucky, if you're going to Western Kentucky, you're playing people of your equal prowess. So Joe Burrow is playing, like if Joe Burrow was playing for Western Kentucky, like if he took a step back, I would expect him to have a million touchdowns. But right. I feel like that he's playing against people of comparable skill level to him. So I think it evens it out a little bit. Usually I'm with you on things like that, but.
2: Okay. I, okay. All right.
0: Let the man live, Jim. Let the man live. It's just congratulations. Are we going to say
2: that he's on the same level as Joe Burrow? Like, Are we comfortable saying that?
0: Okay. I'm confident saying that he has more touchdown passes in a season than Joe Burrow does, though. Well, yeah,
2: because statistically it's true, but is that of the
0: same significance? Let's wait five or ten years. Maybe Zappi has an NFL career ahead of him. Maybe. I'll give you that.
3: I mean, Ben Roethlisberger Uh, came from Miami, Ohio.
2: Fresno State beats UTEP (laughs) 31-24 in the PUBG Mobile New Mexico Bowl.
0: People could be found in the stands on their mobile devices playing PUBG. I
2: don't think anybody's surprised by this outcome, are we? I mean, maybe the the closeness of it.
0: Yeah, I think it was a closer game than people expected. Uh, Fresno State did have to, I think, come back from a deficit early on. But, yeah. Nobody's nobody surprised. It's Fresno State won.
3: Yeah, no,
2: Liberty, Liberty beat East Michigan. Liberty, fifty-six to twenty in the Lending Tree Bowl.
3: Do you remember how hardcore we broke this game down? We were like Eastern Michigan, like who they played, like we were all over Liberty. I bought into that and got burned.
2: Yeah, I did. I did dirty on that one. I I remember watching the score, going, ah, screwed up on that one.
3: Yeah, that's all right. It happens to the best of us, but it was a rough one for me. Overthought that one. Yeah.
2: And now, my favorite bowl of the weekend Utah <laughs> State beat Oregon State 24 to 13 in the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl presented by Stifle. Jimmy Kimmel was there. He came out with the marching band. He had Jimmy Camel. He had a camel there. The camel threw <laughs> up on the field somewhere. He had his own sandwich, a bowl official sandwich, because mm-hmm. he made this bowl. sandwich when he worked in a in a local pizza shop in Vegas.
0: And he, yeah, and he made Laura Rutledge eat one on the
2: sideline, which was really awkward and odd. It was so good. I and It made me think, okay, before we move on to our next part of the bowls, yeah. if you had the ability to name your own bowl, I mean, every part of the naming process, what would you name it?
0: Uh, the Fandle Sportsbook Bowl, sponsored by Muff.
3: You should reverse that. Muff.
0: Muff's FanDuel Sports Bowl.
3: Yeah. Muff's Bowl sponsored by Fandle.
0: Muff bowl. The Muff Bowl, sponsored by I, Fandle Muff. Sportsbook. Alex? <laughs> and it would be hosted in
2: Las Vegas! Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I don't know, Alex, I what would you do?
3: I don't know.
2: I just didn't see this question coming. I know. I'll 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 let you think. Here we go. All right. I'm calling yeah. mine, the Jim Muff Bowl. Sponsored by Pornhub. <laughs> I'm what? hosting it in where, where either L.A. Okay, or Las Vegas. What? Miami. No, no. I don't like their stadium.
3: What? Where did um? Where did Robert Kraft go to that? What was it called? Yeah, I know. It was definitely in Florida. Yeah, yeah. but no.
2: It's either in Las Vegas or L.A. We're going to have our own sandwich. It's, okay.
3: Oh God! This it's a There's
2: got. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet. It's gonna have its own sandwich. It's, it's a
0: buffet. It's a buffet. It's a Muff and
2: I will host it. We will ride out on elephants.
0: It's the Jim Muff Tug Bowl, sponsored by Ford exactly
3: all you can eat buffet. exactly <laughs> and we've That's reached new goal. low
2: we've reached new low go ahead alex <laughs> oh really
3: come on i would make it the ice cold beer bowl sponsored by Bushlight. i love it and i would do come out i'm, not, I'm trying to think of my animal because that was a good idea Yeah, I don't think I I don't want to be on the animal. I want like a cart to pull me out, and I want to stand up with two bush lights and just do like the stone cold Steve Austin. Oh,
2: that's so good!
3: And then flip the coin as I'm doing that, and then like that's just the coin flip and everything.
2: Beautiful. Why flip a coin?
3: Because like for the beginning of the football game.
2: Flip something cool though.
3: That's true.
0: Yeah. You think on it. Why don't you flip? Why don't you flip a crushed beer can or a couch? Uh,
3: Yes, wait, I don't really know how to determine. Oh my gosh, and then I laid a couch on fire in the middle of the <laughs> right. stadium. In West Virginia, plays in it every year.
2: <laughs> Boom, where's this? Why Where is isn't the Bowl. Yeah,
3: where's this? This held? is held in West Virginia, Morgantown. build like I don't even know about Morgantown. I think I want it to be like in some backwoods West Virginia, like free admission bowl. I'm seeing like bring your own cooler, like BYOB, like, like jamber in the Hills ish for a football. game.
2: Love it. Love it. All right. So let's move on to this week's slate of bowls.
0: Outside of Wheeling, West Virginia.
2: (laughs) This week's slate of bowl games. Let's get more serious. Old Dominion takes on Tulsa and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. <laughs> you say get more
0: serious, so let's talk about Old Dominion playing Tulsa. Okay.
2: <laughs> this will be the Monday game sponsored by Tax Act. Kent State versus Wyoming in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. This will be Tuesday's game. UTSA versus San Diego State in the Tropical Smoothie Caf- Cafe Frisco Bowl. That's a Tuesday game. Missouri versus Army in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl Wednesday. North Texas takes on Miami of Ohio in the Frisco football classic presented by Ryan. Who's it's, Ryan? Uh, Just Ryan. You know. I don't know. Ryan Holmes. So um, maybe we should change our bowl name to presented by Muffin Jim. I don't know. Why does Frisco have two bowls? <laughs> why does Tax Act have two bowls?
3: It should be one bowl. If everyone knows. You
2: know. Well, have you got the money, right? UCF um, takes on Florida in the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. Memphis versus Hawaii in the Easy Post-Hawaii Bowl. Georgia State versus Ball State in the Tax Act-Camilla Bowl. Camilla! So that's your slate of bowl games coming up. Which one are we most excited for? Uh, I like the Memphis-Hawaii or the Missouri Army. I was going to say Missouri Army for me.
0: I think I'm I'm most excited I think, for the Roadrunners taking on the Aztecs in the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. I think this is going to be a good game.
3: It's going to be a good game. Well, UTSA's um, running back is opting out. Sincere McCormick.
0: Well, he sincerely just dashed my hopes of being excited about this game. Uh, Back to America, Missouri Army.
2: (laughs) Well, along those lines, we have college football news. Uh, Iowa State's running back. Bryce Hall is skipping the bowl game. Brees Hall Mis- got it. It's Brees Hall? It's Brees.
3: All right. Mississippi State's. Cyclones- I had a fun was- fact about that. He's Iowa State Cyclones, first ever unanimous All-American.
2: Yep. Mississippi State's offensive tackle, Charles Cross, to skip the bowl game. Well, great. Pitt's-, Pitt's quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is out of the bowl game. Yep. Michigan State star running back Kenneth Walker out of the bowl game. So these are what we've known about the bowl games so far. It mm-hmm.
3: also has a, Demari Mathis is out too.
2: So the bowl games are starting to get a little suckier as people are opting out. Um, and other college football news, former Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler transfers to South Carolina. Adrian Martinez is not quitting college football yet. He goes from Wisconsin to Kansas state. How many years of eligibility has this guy got? You
0: mean Adrian Martinez goes from Nebraska?
2: Yes, Nebraska, my fault to Kansas okay. state. This guy's got like, what he's been in six college football years. for like 12 it's, years, it's six years,
0: six year upcoming.
2: Jeez, it feels like forever. It's, uh, he,
0: it's because he got started early. That was <laughs> the thing.
2: Former Auburn quarterback, Bo Nix is going to Oregon. Auburn hires Seattle Seahawks quarterback Austin Davis as their offensive coordinator. Now, something I want to call everybody's attention to. Right. FCS school, an incarnate word quarterback, Cameron Ward has entered the draft portable. They say he's like the next big thing at quarterback. He's entered the the
0: draft or he's entered the transfer portal. portal. Okay.
2: And like, There's thoughts he could go to Old Miss. They say he's as good as as Arch Manning. That's what they're saying. He set all kinds of records in the FCS this year. So be on the lookout. First question I have
0: is why was he in the FCS to start?
2: Yeah. I believe he's a good Christian boy.
0: Okay, so he needed to become D1 eligible. Got it. Yeah.
2: Person.
0: Thank you, my Thank you. Mark. I mean, that's I mean it's it is what it is. I mean that's I, how Cam,
2: hey, I'm not arguing how Cam Newton
0: got there to this spot. I mean, things happen. Yeah. I mean, what it is what it is. Uh if that's the path you have to take to get there and get get the money, then do what you gotta do. Um, you won't hear me crying about that. Um, hey, and if anything. If he dominated at that level. Guess what? He probably wasn't taking part, was probably wasn't taking the shots he's going to take at the D1 level for one year, so yeah. maybe he saved his body.
2: But you heard it first here on the sports stuff with Jim and Muff. This guy could be the next big thing, this reminds me,
3: of like, like Rudy, Then he goes a Holy Cross, he gets grades up, so he could go to Notre Dame and walk on the football team.
2: Mm, it doesn't sound like this guy's walking on,
3: no, no. but I mean, you get the content. <laughs>
2: Moff, take over the recruiting, please. Let's let's hear what we got going on.
0: All right, the I mean, some of the ranks, the ranks came, the initial ranks have come out for the top ten college recruiting classes this year. As we all know, with the transfer portal, I feel like there's going to be movement to some degree up and down this list over the next three, four, five months uh, as the portal claims. People And then spits it back out to other high profile schools. But initially we have a top 10 that goes one to 10. Aggies of Texas A&M take the number one spot. Bama, number two, Georgia, number three. In fourth, we have Ohio State. In fifth, we have Texas. In sixth, we have Penn State. Seven, Notre Dame. Eight, North Carolina. Nine, Michigan. And 10, Oklahoma. But I don't know if Oklahoma will keep that 10 rank given their coaching changes.
3: Uh, I, I
2: think. Go ahead.
3: No, I like to see that someone like number one Texas A&M. I like that it's not like Alabama or a high school. I agree I with like that. that.
2: I agree with that. I think Oklahoma will keep the recruits that they have uh, because they got Venables.
3: Yeah. There's
2: guys that came that came back that were that entered the portal, realized they got Venables, and reverse course. I, I was studying the draft portal today. Um, the transfer portal? Oh, yes. I would, are we? I, call,
0: do you call it the draft portal just because it's become that at this point?
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I, yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, that's fair.
2: Um, I think Ohio State at four, and I'm not saying that I am the homer. I understand that. They took a lot of big hits. They lost some people to other schools in Texas. Uh, Sarkisian did a fine job coming in at number five, at keeping the homegrown talent in Texas, where they usually where Ohio State usually cherry picks. I think Ohio State landing at four was a big hit to them. They had a couple flips, so Ohio State needs to to be a little bit worried about these other schools coming in. Just just my thoughts, Muff. How do you feel about Penn State? Penn State at six, I got the. Number
0: one quarterback, I think true quarterback, not like athlete quarterback. You have those different quarterback rankings. Um, Drew Alar out of Ohio. They also got a very very highly rated, I think officially listed as athlete. I think he was a top 10 recruit. Um, So you've got that mixed with the only person I've seen go to the transfer portal thus far is a wide receiver that was like fourth or fifth on their depth chart. So, there's a lot of there was a little bit of scuttlebutt about that was a bad loss just for the depth in the wide receiver room for Penn State and as somebody that may have been able to over a year or two become a go to or at least a solid two option at wide receiver for them. So, overall, I'm feeling okay about it. They've got a lot of running backs in the stable, Sean Clifford's coming back. The line is where I'm most concerned right now for Penn State because they went pretty heavy, especially on the defensive line, bringing in some good transfers through the portal this year. Uh, and I feel like this is the year, if anything, that's going to catch up on the defensive side of the ball.
2: To go back to the portal for a second. I, like I said, I studied it today. There are a lot of SEC second string and third string receivers, special players, running backs, that are going to Alabama a lot. I'd like four or five, six guys who are looking at Alabama from the LSUs, the Georgias. So while Alabama may sit it too, they're getting they're cherry picking from other schools, top talent.
0: Yeah, is this uh, is this a Nick Saban or is this a
3: Bill O'Brien thing? It
2: could be both. Yeah.
3: So here's my question on that. They're not good enough to be first string at the other SEC schools. So they go to Bama. Are they going to be – say Bama is made out of a bunch of people that weren't good enough to be the first string at their other schools. Does that make them more of a threat? Or are you just saying depth-wise, I guess?
2: If you're a red-shirt freshman who sat at LSU and you enter the portal – with four more years of eligibility, do you want to be coached by Nick Saban or Brian Kelly?
3: Yeah, I guess in that situation, I see what you're saying. And I also,
2: also, yeah. And I also think
0: if I'm going in as a sophomore red shirt, whatever uh, to Alabama, I'm going to try to make my mark on like special teams and then maybe work my way up. And if I can be by my senior year, a third receiver, Alabama's pedigree into the NFL, even of their third receivers on their depth chart are still potentially getting into the NFL, if only even if it's like late rounds or undrafted, just because of uh, what they've been proven to be in the league. So even if you don't do anything until your senior year, it's a better option there than not being a starter at a a second tier SEC school.
2: And you don't know how long you're going to sit because, because of the draft. Bama mm. drafts out how many guys each year? Yeah. 10, 12. So, okay, that junior I have to sit behind, I may only have to sit behind for a year because he's gone next year, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's not, right. you're not guaranteed to sit for, you know, the full four years. Yeah. Though,
0: but... Yeah. But in the, in the, oh, you got me saying this is the draft now, but in the recruiting class, the biggest winner for now is thought to be Dion Sanders, who flipped number two. Some people have number one in the 2022 recruiting class from Florida State to Jackson State, Travis Hunter. Um, There's always the rumors now of what kind of money in the NIL situation would be going on, especially with Deion Sanders' connection with Barstool Sports. Um, So a lot of talk about that. Deion responds, we ain't got no money. That's the biggest lie I've ever heard. That means we kicked your butt. We took what was ours, and now you got to make up an excuse why. Travis Hunter came out and said he wanted to – um be a part of the rich rich tradition of hbcus i want you to further i think what dion um is trying to do in bringing more light to the hbcu schools across the country what are our thoughts on this is this is this a money is this a money thing in the end or is dion doing something right
2: and oh wait eye. wait 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 wait
0: wait or is it both
2: wait you phrase that That's a loaded question.
0: (laughs) I mean, he could be doing something right with the money. I don't know.
2: (laughs) I believe this is my stance on the Deion Sanders thing and the black college situation. I believe what he is doing is absolutely 100% right. Mm -hmm. I believe that more of that needs to happen. And I think that he is one of, I I can't, One of the best, I'm not going to say smartest, but one of the the best businessmen to put those kind of programs on the map and one of the most talented. Now, he flipped this individual because of money and his business acumen. he There's said he doesn't have any money, Jim. Him. I don't know. He doesn't, say he doesn't have any money. He does not have money. His but, program doesn't have money. But Barstool certainly does. Barstool He has access does. to money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, like, it, I get money if I'm the player. I get money, and I get the rich history and education and to be a part of something that I believe, if Dion and coaches like Dion buy into, could build into something.
0: Think the proof is going to be two to three years from now in what type of impact in the nfl so aside from the education the being part of something more than just you um and that school being part of the hbcu tradition what type does this lead to especially for a top tier talent like this travis hunter does this lead to an nfl career or a future in the nfl i think two or three years we're really going to see how this plays out
3: the other thing too he's a cornerback and Deion Sanders was a good cornerback. Quarter, yes. If I'm going for a position to look at and be like, hey, I can have one of the best cornerbacks to ever play the game, coach me up, money or no money, that is a selling point. Absolutely. I'm not saying that money doesn't play into it, but I don't think it's a dumb choice for the kid either. How long before this kid ends up in the transfer portal to go, <laughs> go to some big-name school? That's the like
0: an
2: Alabama.
3: Yes.
0: Get that bag for a year or two from Barstool and then head to
2: Alabama, son. <laughs> and and what I'm just going to throw this out here. What if that's Dion's hook? I have how, the many commercials, yeah. how many commercials and, and coaching meetings have we seen him and Nick together on? Mm-hmm. And how smart would Nick be? He's already doing it with Belichick
0: yeah I, I'm sure that this could uh, if, if something like that is going on you're about to see the NCAA probably start cracking down on something I don't know what but they'll find Why they've thrown
2: their hands up with the NIL deal
0: yeah but if they're saying that it's going to be a recruiting ground and you're going to have exclusive then it's like oh but
2: I feel it's like not exclusive anybody voting. can be smart enough to do it Ryan Day like can could
3: partner have, up you have to know when you approve an NIL deal type thing that that's going to happen it's going to be used as a recruiting tool.
2: I think Nick's smart, man. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Any other college football news? For That's today? it, buddy. Thanks. I feel like we gave you a lot of college today. Um,
3: I just wanted everyone to know that uh, West Virginia running back, Letty Brown, will be sitting out his bowl game. Oh. I know everyone was sitting around waiting to hear that news, but mm-hmm. I'd break it here.
0: Uh, I'm sure just moved the line five points, too. Mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm.
0: Probably not. Everyone know. All right, and that's college football.
3: This is Quick Thoughts. So we'll start with Quick Thoughts this week. <laughs> and we'll start in the world of COVID. COVID has caused the NFL to reschedule three of their games. Baker Mayfield was not happy about this. Um, he didn't like they were changing protocols to keep games on schedule. What do you all think about that? Jim.
2: Um. Yeah, <laughs> the whole Baker Mayfield expressing his displeasure. I I understand how he could be upset and how things have made life difficult, but that's the way it is. Like COVID is really wrecking things again. I I don't know. You have to go with the flow, buddy. It just right, is what it off. is.
0: Yeah, um, I know that Roger Goodell and the NFLPA are back in conversation about what can be doing moving forward. I know there's going to be uh, a change moving forward to if you're asymptomatic, vaxxed, you only have to have one negative test instead of two 24 hours apart. So the NFL is adjusting its protocols to maybe create um, less concerns as far as the amount of players on a COVID list to move forward with any of these games. So I get Baker's concern of like, hey, this is for money purposes, but isn't it always about the money? So This is what happened last year. They moved some games. People at this point, they don't have time. There's no bye weeks left. So you just got to roll with it. Um, And if you want to collect that check, just unless the PA, the, the PA comes out and tells you to speak up, just roll with it, buddy.
3: All right. Moving to the NBA, the NBA also with their COVID dilemmas. We have the Bulls whose game was delayed last week. The NBA has announced multiple postponements for games on Sunday. Uh, at least five games being impacted. Kyrie Irving is expected to come back for the Nets part time. Uh, any thoughts on the NBA protocols, where including the NBA players having to wear masks anytime they're not on the court? Yeah,
0: the NBA. Yeah, the NBA's going back to some of what they did in the bubble. Um, they're going to be, I think, staying a little bit more on top of the players at least when they're in the facility i don't know what their protocols look like outside the facility but they're running into a lot what the nba is right now uh the only difference with or with the nfl the only difference the nba more games longer time period they can make up these games a little bit more easily with these postponements um i'll be more interested to see how things play out with the bulls did have a few games postponed and five additional games today sunday got postponed moving forward what's this going to look like going into uh, what we care about the NBA season, because to me, again, the NBA doesn't start till Christmas. So this is really the prime time for them to start getting
2: into it. Jim. I think as far as the bigger story in the NBA is you you didn't want to use Kyrie, shit got desperate, and now Kyrie's coming back. And, oh, no, Kyrie's now got placed in the COVID protocols. The NBA, to me, and out of all the leagues, seems to be – one step behind the everybody else and that to me is an issue when they were the front runners so i would like to see the nba pick it up and and be the front runner again
3: all right moving to all the hockey world the nhl also is tightening their protocols for socially distanced club meals brief in-person meetings in well-ventilated areas and asking clubs to test daily they've already had two clubs the calgary flames and ottawa senators postponing games and NHL players will not be allowed to compete in the Olympics. I know that's a lot, but Jim, thoughts?
2: So the NHL, they're having issues with the Canadian teams. They're having issues. They're the ones who've been facing a lot more COVID issues prior to the bigger outbreak with the Omicron. I think they're handling it well. It seems like they're addressing it faster than most. Um. I feel bad. I feel bad for all these leagues because you can't put it back in a bubble. It's gone too far now. Um, I feel bad for the the Olympic teams. I don't know what what. How do we put an Olympic team out there now? I don't know. I don't know. All
0: right, we go back. We go back to the uh, Miracle on Ice. We have all college players in or yes. semi pros out there. I mean that that's what's going to be happening. Um, and let's be but honest. What are you,
2: where yeah, do you like feel hey, that team my, from this first? This
0: is my time. This is my time. But well, I have a question. Um, about what you is, you uh,
3: Jim, Jim, this is Muff's time. Thank Sorry, you. I had to get my Thank loud you. voice. Muff go ahead.
0: Yeah, you get them from you get him from the college and semi-pro ranks. Um now the NHL is saying that, but is like the ECHL or their other lesser leagues and the minor leagues of hockey that are also putting these protocols in place, did not play in the Olympics. I don't know. Um with all this being said, I think the NHL has been the leading league when it comes to their ability to uh, tighten the protocols and do things well, because yes, they have had issues, but I feel like it's just because they're more on top of it than the other sports leagues right now, and they do have just like. Um, basketball they do have teams in Canada, or at least a team in Canada to
2: to be worried about.
3: Point of clarification. Point. Point of, one, one, point of clarification you have 10 seconds on the clock.
2: When you say you're, that you're getting not players from the NHL, my question is how do you field that team? Like, how do you – and I don't know. I'm asking just for my own knowledge. How do you get that team decided? Just, just running like they, up against a clock? Yeah, you're running up
0: against clocks. clock. Uh, Her Brooks had a tryout. Um, it's a tryout
2: that's what i'm asking it's
0: going to be probably based on recruiting when i say recruiting like things they've already done there's probably rankings that they can utilize um you gotta think this is going to affect canadian national teams this is going to affect any national team that was planning on picking nhl players to play so
3: okay sorry i feel like we have to cut that one off we have a 30 second mark guys i was trying to let you go but we're moving on we're moving on to the nil we've already touched on briefly earlier in the show but we will give some other topics here. We have Jr. Smith finished his first semester with 4.0. And all he wants is a Jordan NIL deal. It's my turn? Yes.
2: I would have never no. guessed. Go okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Muff.
0: Oh, okay, I don't know. Uh, first off, way to go JR, get that 4.0. Uh, which is, I mean, this is this is funny not because he got a 4.0, because the beginning of his semester, I remember him talking about like, hey, I'm going to tutoring. I need to go to the writing center or something like that. Right. My paper looked that. So, like, I think that sets sh- a positive example of hey, I didn't just get a 4.0, I was actually seeking help and assistance and support to do this. I didn't do it all by myself. Um, As far as him getting an NIL deal, he wants it because nobody has a Jordan NIL deal right now. And I think this is just like him trying to put a little jab at Mike to see what he can get going.
2: Yeah. Kudos to him for the 4.0. I think that's amazing. I want to see him get a Jordan NIL deal. And like, I wish we could help him get that. I know that's weird because he's an NBA player, but like, I just want to see him get it. So that we can add to the JR saga, like so that the story continues.
3: I like it. All right, moving on. We have WWE getting in on the NIL deals. They signed deals with 16 college athletes, including Olympic gold medal wrestler Gable Stevenson. Stevenson. Jamie you up. So
2: from a wrestling fan perspective, it's cool because they're getting – Good people like to get Gable Stevenson. It's a cool thing because obviously they have a history of making gold medal athletes like Brock Lesnar and Kurt angle. Um, From a collegiate standpoint, it's smart because they're getting athletes from all different sports. They're taking advantage of signing young talent before they they're giving athletes like swimmers and wrestlers and not just football players people who don't have maybe the platform for their sport and they're getting them careers, which I think is cool for after they're done. It's smart business in my opinion. Yeah, WWE,
0: I think it's wrestling entertainment. I think they're looking for personalities or this is, they're looking for this as like the seasoned intern ground. Like, Hey, if we can get you on with us, Not just to be on the mat, um, If we can find other ways that you can help the company in the future. This is a way for you to know, one, can you do this? And two, can we trust you to do what we want you to do in the future? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think for them, this is just an extended internship opportunity. And um, I think that you'll see other larger uh, companies doing stuff
3: like this in the future. I agree. I, I like it. Let's move on. We're moving on to the NBA. Jim's favorite basketball. Let's get into it. Steph Curry. He breaks three records with the three record sorry not three records the three record with 2,974 three-point shots breaking Ray Allen's record comments and concerns muff muff
0: yeah I mean this is great I mean Steph did it very quickly um there's already been conversation about some people that worked out with him early on, like, Hey, this is, he's going to be a guy. Um, He came into the league at the right time as well uh, for the emphasis on the three-point shot. So I think this is just a perfect storm of Steph Curry being the, one of the, I think the most accurate three-point shooter, at least over time, um, at least in bulk, I guess. uh, And at a time in the league, whenever it's celebrated and allowed to happen in a, a more easily, more easier fashion, easier fashion.
2: Jim, to me, that makes him the goat in my mind. That that's talent that cannot be matched. I think he'll extend that record to an untouchable level. In my opinion.
3: Comment, uh, you know, moderator comment. The goat, as in the best basketball player of all time. <laughs> Jim like uses there. Jim uses goat so often that I don't know what he perceives goat to be. Well, exactly, and that's why I need to know. Are you saying? Goat, as in greatest basketball player, of life, or are you just saying goat, as in like goat of three point shooters?
2: He's the goat of three point shooters. I'll I'll okay. give him that right okay.
3: now. Okay. All right. Point of clarification made. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing on the Steph Curry train because I want to bring this up as well. I thought this was cool. He gifts Draymond and Ibudalla engraved Rolex watches for his help reaching that record. If you had to get a gift for helping that. Would you rather it be a watch, a car, or fat stacks? Jim.
2: Oh, I don't think I want any of those, honestly. If I'm, if I'm the player that's with him, I'm already getting fat stacks. I can buy my own car. I want him to sign a ball.
3: Okay. Moth, thoughts? So Yeah,
0: something in that same realm, some commemorative piece. If it's a Rolex that has like some special engravement from him, like that you can say this is from Steph and this is how you know it's from Steph kind of a thing. I think that'd be cool. I
3: gotcha. That's good. I like it.
0: What I uh, want to know is why didn't Clay get anything?
2: Oh, I, I left that part out of the notes, Muff. That's my fault. He is going to get one. Clay, just, <laughs> Clay is down in the uh, whatever league. He's so in he the wasn't G League there. right now. Yeah. He, wasn't ever to, he wasn't there to get it. The bigger question is, will KD get it? KD tweeted at him, I want one of the rollies. That was was what the tweet was. Give me one of the rollies or something like that.
3: Like if you have to ask for it, you, you don't want it. You know, I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? If I have to ask for your love and appreciation, I don't want it. Because KD it
2: KD's on the list of assists for him as well.
3: Yeah. I get I just I wouldn't want it if I'm KD. If I, you didn't I give it to give me on your own. I
2: wouldn't give it to him if I was uh Steph. That's just me.
3: All right. So moving on. Um, Fun fact, this is all playing off the same topic kind of, but Reggie Miller provided a stat pregame that when he entered the league in 87-88, the league team average for three-point attempts per game was only five. Today, the average for team three-point attempts is 34. Muff.
0: Oh, Reggie, Reggie just being Reggie, trying to make the comparison. Um, doing Thank his you, thing. Muff. Uh, He makes a solid point as to why maybe this shouldn't be that big of a deal, but he also be Ray Allen, who is also part of the same generation that Steph is playing in. Um, we all know that in the 80s and 90s, uh, there was an emphasis on the mid range game on going to the hole of solid defense. It's a different game now. You're going to continue to see these offensive stats fall until things come full circle when it takes a 180 again, which who knows how long that's going to take.
2: Jim? I thank you, Muff. Uh, Reggie, nobody wants to hear from third place. Shut up. Now, Reggie does give Steph kudos that night, and Ray Allen gave uh, Steph kudos. It's an interesting stat. I, I like the stat. If Ray Allen had given the stat, Shaq gives the stat. Charles gives the stat. i had been like, oh, that's cool. Reggie, bitter-ass Miller, gives the stat. And I'm just like, I don't
3: care. Shut up, Reggie.
0: I'd rather see it coming from Spike. Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> Let's go to the last topic in the NBA basketball world. Zion Williamson. Broken shoe Zion Williamson. Gets an injection in his foot. My personal thought, is this from the broken shoe? Does Nike owe him something? I don't know. Just throwing that part out there. His recovery is moving slower than anticipated. What is of Zion's future? Jim?
2: I think this is very troublesome. Um, (laughs) I don't know that... I don't think he will reach the full potential. Muff, in your notes you put Greg Oden... As a comparison, and I think you were dead on with that. Um, I think he he is – he could be the Greg Oden. Lots of potential that he never gets to fulfill.
0: Yeah, I, I did put the Greg Oden in there. I don't want that to be the case. Uh, but the more that Zion is – continued to be sidelined by recovering from these injuries, and we all know that there's been well-documented his uh, – his challenges in staying in what people would like to see as a playing weight for him. um, That is not helping the cause. And there's the the visual continued visual that he's putting on more pounds during his time off. So uh, I don't, I don't want this to go badly for Zion, but all signs are pointing to his career is going to be less than five years.
3: All right. So that wraps up our NBA basketball talk. We're going to move on to the NFL. We go with the obvious, the Urban Meyer saga. From accusations to firing to breaking the silence with heartbreak. Jim, I'll let you go first on this one.
2: What oh, no, think? it's Muff's turn
3: to go first. It is Muff's turn. I'm oh, I confidently said it, and then I was like, I'm not going to go back.
0: Urban, you got what we all, yeah, Urban got what I think we all thought was going to be coming to him. Uh, at some point, I don't know if everyone expected it to be this early but you know whenever a kicker comes out and says that you kicked him in pregame warmups and gave him a medium kick i don't know what that means a 5 out of 10 kick um <laughs> not sure what all that goes into it just goes to you know the 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 storybook that has been put together of what urban may not have done well which started as early as uh when he started to put on coaches, uh, I forget where the coach was from that had a history of uh, less than ideal behavior towards um, towards players. I forget who that was and what, but he had to recant and fire a coach before the coach even got in there. Uh, It continued through him in player development and saying, oh, build the city around Duval, this is going to be fantastic. Urban has continued to do things and not delivered. Um, And Just so happens that the kicker, the kicker is the one that got him. Didn't see that one coming, but the kicker is what bit him in.
3: Damn.
2: Um. I was asked what I thought about this by someone outside of our social circle, and I summed it up this way: Urban Meyer's mentality and his drive to win is admirable in that he wants to win and he'll do anything it takes to win. The problem is his ethics and doing anything it takes to win is what clouds everything. And he will throw his grandmother under a bus to win. And so everything that happened to him and all these issues are a direct result of his desire to win. The apology and his breaking the silence afterwards that he's heartbroken and the recanting and all of this BS that he did afterwards is what I take issue with.
3: All right. We're moving on. This is quick thoughts. We're moving on to Jackson Mahomes. God, the gift that keeps on not giving. Jackson Mahomes versus the bar. The bar has made two apologies. One, not-so-sorry, and two, kind of sorry. Let's start this off with Jim. Your thoughts. Which apology do you prefer?
2: I like the not-so-sorry apology. Jax Mahomes comes in there and asks for service. The bar's busy. He gets all uh, uppity and decides he wants to take it out on this bar via his social media. Obviously, the bar responds tongue-in-cheek chipping at him and you know it caused a little backlash so they have to backtrack but you don't have to stand your ground people like jackson mahomes needs to get chopped down a peg
3: word moth word
2: word you know
0: i feel like the only reason the bar made the second apology the quote-unquote sincere apology is because they were worried about what Patrick Mahomes could do if he hopped on this bandwagon because he had to support his brother.
3: If I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm tarnishing my brother. I'm going to be like, that was ridiculous. You guys are right, but go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt your time. That will not reflect. Listen,
0: listen. Jackson Mahomes needs to stay out of NFL stadiums and stay out of bars. Is he, what is he, like 19? Get out of the bars. It's time for him to continue his TikToks from a socially isolated location.
2: I don't understand how Kansas City lets lets that organization lets him go. I just don't get it. I don't understand <laughs> the half a billion dollars that he's related to.
3: Yeah. All right. Moving on from Jackson Mahomes. I don't think he's worth us talking about. After questionable officiating, in the Bills Mafia donates forty thousand dollars to Buffalo Visual Impairment for charity in honor of NFL refs. Jim. No, no, no it's mafia.
0: It's Moff. Bill's Mafia continue to do Bill's Mafia things. I mean, it's it's a I'm glad it was donated to a charity and it wasn't donated to like more tables. Um, so I guess good job for that. Um, I just don't know if that's the,
3: the best reason to raise the funds. You know what? Funds are funds. Go ahead, Jim.
2: I 100% disagree with Muff. And I would go so far as to say, why is the Bills Mafia not a legitimate thing that we are touting in the news more? They do all these charitable things. Yes, it's tongue-in-cheek, but the outcome is so so good, and they donate so much money. I love it. I love it. I think they're fantastic.
3: I like it. I like it. Charlie it. Tight he really likes it. I like it, guys. I like it. No, I agree. Fun. I think funds are funds. If they raised it and they're making one of the NFL refs, so be it. The NFL refs aren't great all the time. Chargers tight end. Donald Parham gets knocked out. It was bad. Talks, Jim.
2: So the camera angles that they had on him were god-awful. They should have cut way sooner. The commentary – On this was so bad throughout the night. They even cited how it could be cold and that's why he's shaking. They just handled this whole situation horribly. I I, I hear he's out of the hospital. I hear it's a bad concussion. It looked bad. I feel bad. That was really a piss port job by the broadcast. Fox. Uh. Yeah,
0: Fox handled this almost as poorly as they could have. I don't know if there's a whole lot more they could have done aside from, you know, continue to let Joe Buck talk about how it was cold outside. Um, I feel like somebody got in his ear on that. Uh, If I recall correctly, this is Fox's last Thursday night telecast with Joe Buck and Troy and Booth. And I have a feeling like, uh, you know, I'm not saying that they were – less than excited to be doing their less broadcast. And I feel like they weren't covering things as they would have if they were on the hook for what was going to be happening in years in the future.
2: If I was oh, in right. NFL, I would not, I would use this to reflect and be like, you guys really botched that. I don't know if I'm going to do another round with you guys.
3: Yeah, exactly. Saquon Barkley, Barley, I added this one on, Saquon Barkley. He lost his first career fumble today after 791
2: touches. Moth. Is it my turn? Moth. No, it's Buff. No, I mean, has, this has
0: always been a thing for him. He doesn't lose the ball. Um, and he lost a fumble, his first career fumble, and then made this outrageous catch, which was nuts. He caught it like a two-finger catch, like Odell style, except for it wasn't like for a touchdown or anything, but he reached directly behind him. Caught it with like two fingers and got like three yards on it. But good for you, Saquon. It it took this long.
2: Any thoughts, Impressive athlete. I wish he wasn't in New York. I wish he would go somewhere else.
3: That's fair. I have one more NFL quick thought. It's not even on the notes. so I'm just going to surprise you with it just because I want to know your opinion. The Ravens went for two for a win again. And didn't get it again. If you're a Ravens fan, how do you feel about the situation, Jim?
2: So we talked about this in the NFL segment. If I'm a Ravens fan, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty pissed. But that's just who I am as a fan. No win. That's why just because of that, I'd be pretty pissed.
3: And that's what I wondered. As it, are you like, yeah, I like the aggressive style, or are you like, what the F word?
2: I mean, but oh. like if they had got it and won, I, I would have been ecstatic. You know what I mean? I, that's the kind of fan I am.
0: Sure. I, yeah, oh. I, um, we better make the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, yep. I'm not going to be super upset, but if we don't make the playoffs, then as a fan, I'm going to be like, I'm going to just like every other fan and be like, Oh, this is what happened in the past 10 weeks that we could have done differently to be in the playoffs.
3: So word. I get you. All right. Moving on to a couple of miscellaneous topics before we end here, Derek Lewis fought Chris Dawkins at UFC fight night 199. Prior to the fight, Derek said, "You don't want to get Rodney kinged on ESPN." Derek Lewis KO'd Chris Dawkins. Thoughts, mom. Thoughts, Jim. No, Jim was first.
2: My last one. Uh, Chris Dawkins is a uh, former police officer, and Derek Lewis is our guy. Who and the reason I he's our guy. Is because he says ridiculous shit like this. That's all I'm going to say.
3: All right. Muff, any other thoughts? Uh,
0: Derek, lose one in round one. And as always, if he doesn't win in round one, he's going to lose a fight. So uh, he's the... I saw so him touted as the, the best underdog fighter of all time oh, yeah, for absolutely. people to bet on. So... If you want to beat Derek Lewis, just let him rise up the ranks and then get him when he's the favorite, because that appears to be his downfall.
3: All right, and along the lines of fighting, we have Jake Paul knocks out Tyron Woodley in the sixth round.
0: I saw. I mean, he he knocked him out. Like this is this is legit KO. It happened, and (laughs) directly afterwards, Jake Paul. Starts calling out the UFC again, and Hori Mosvidal is all up in his grill saying that he wants him to come into the cage and is pretty much going to rearrange his face. So that's probably still two, three, or maybe even never a way, but I would still like to see him get in the
2: octagon once. Kim? So he knocked him out. I still question a little bit of the validity of that knockout, but whatever i think uh then he calls out nate Diaz and masvidal two men that would literally cut his throat if if they had the chance jake paul's a moron but he's a money machine so
0: yes he's he's even he's even a better money machine than like connor in some cases right now like oh absolutely he's building up for those fights to happen regularly for him and let's not forget Jorge masvidal came up in the Kimbo slice camps as far as like the street fighting. So yeah, I don't think Jake Paul can really handle somebody that actually came up in the, in the life.
2: Steal one of their hats, steal, steal Nate Diaz's or, or Masvidal's hat. Just do that in a presser, please, please. Cause we're not going to have a fight. Do it. <laughs> Indeed. I'm
3: here for it. All right. And our last topic is a golf topic. Tiger Woods returns with his son, Charlie finished 27 under in the PNC championship and put on a crazy stretch in the back nine on Sunday. But ultimately they lose to team Daly by one stroke. Is it my turn? It's technically your turn. Yeah.
2: I love this. I thought it was great. I liked the whole tournament. I watched it, watched it with my kid. I liked the whole premise. I liked watching tiger do it. I like, made me like golf. I I loved it. I loved watching. Uh, what's the guy that smokes muff? Oh, John Daly. Loved yes. him. Loved him. Loved him. Loved his pants. I just I liked it. I it felt good to watch this. And yeah, so how this about is the, Charlie? End, so man
0: had on their calendar is. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Everyone had this on their calendars, like this is the time the Tiger. Will he come back for this event? Like this is what everyone was hoping Uh, he did come back. I didn't watch any of this. I just saw a bunch of the replays. I wish that we uh, you know what I want to see in the in the uh, the match upcoming. I want to see Tiger Woods and Charlie take on John Daly and Little John in some type of match. I think that would be hilarious, fantastic and would put in so many sponsors for charities. And John Daly's son, currently a golfer at the University of Arkansas, I, ooh,
2: I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think about how you would do that with John Daly. I, I don't know that you could pull that off. Like I don't know.
0: He gets to ride in a cart. It's the ma- match. What do we care? The man so <laughs> but he's, he's got a live mic
3: in it. Oh gosh, that would be awesome. Did you imagine
0: the bleeps? Put it on a tape delay or put it on pay per view. Guess what? People will buy that pay per view just to hear what that man has to say. Can you imagine yeah.
2: him and Tiger interacting?
0: That's the best part.
2: And how old's Charlie?
0: <laughs> okay, well, I get I get the potential concern there. If you got a hot mic and what's going on, but I'm just saying for the mere like, let's if we
2: can make that happen
0: that. Charlie, like- you gotta <laughs> ride in your
2: own cart. You gotta stay 20 feet away from John at all times. <laughs> we don't need you getting that secondhand smoke. Right. There's so let me ask. Now that we're gonna say quick thoughts is over. Okay, we're gonna yes, pause. It's, it's over. over. I gotta ask about Charlie Woods here mm-hmm. for to muff. Um first off, if you're Charlie Woods. Do you go the route of Tiger here? Is it is that how that works in golf or do you go collegiate? How does this work if you're Charlie Woods and you want to be a golfer? So, Tiger did go
0: collegiate. He went to Stanford and didn't finish out, obviously didn't play out that whole time. Um Charlie right now isn't even ranked. I think he's barely within the top 100 of his age group. Okay. Um so yes, he played I think he played well um this weekend and obviously he has a lot of opportunities that some other kids within that that ranking system don't have um but if you've got to play it I'm still too young i mean really to get that i mean you're not going to see until somebody fully matures what their golf swing really is going to be um so all these rankings at this point they're so uh, objective as to what's really going to happen because until somebody starts to mature you don't know what that's going to be
2: and then what did you think of Tiger's swing?
0: Again, I didn't watch it. I watched some of the highlights. I mean, you can tell he's just ho-humming it around. He's not. I mean, there was no reason for him to unwind. He's not going to put any undue stress on his body. It was a very simple swing, which I think is what we should expect to see from Tiger. Um, he doesn't need to be putting the stress on his body like he was before. He needs to play an old man's game now. And that's going to look different to a lot of people than what
2: it used to be so and i guess that's where i'm that's kind of where i'm going to lead you in this line of questioning you said old man swing are you talking like a phil old man swing
0: (laughs) so phil is not it doesn't play like an old man phil has okay defied what should be happening by reinventing his body in the past five years phil is in the analytics in the swing speed and everything like that. Tiger's body is not going to allow him to continue to push the limits of where he was. Phil has, Phil has evolved his swing with, different than where it was because he says he's more flexible. He's more pliable and he has higher swing speeds. Tiger is not going to be able to go in that direction. Tiger is going to have to rely more on the accuracy. He's going to have to rely on thinking through a golf course. He's going to have to rely on taking advantage of the opportunities he has. Phil is making things happen for himself. Tiger is going to have to let the game come to him.
2: Okay. So then I've watched maybe four golf, five golf matches in 2021. And it has been said that Phil can hang with the Kepkas and the big guys. But consistently beating them is going to be a struggle for Phil because of his age. And Phil will admit keeping up with them is is work. Tiger, you just said, probably is not... Physically capable of doing what Phil can do. Does that mean then that we will not see Tiger obtain like out there again?
0: Oh, he's going to be out there again. He's just, he's already said that anything he does right now is focusing on major championships. And realistically, major championships, his opportunities are limited as well, slightly by the courses that are being played. He can win the Masters. That's a tournament that is not something that you have to be a bomber to get out there and win. He could, PGA might be a little bit more difficult because um, there are typically courses that are played that allow that. The US Open, again, his body could become an issue, especially, I mean, accuracy is a big deal at the US Opens, um, but if he gets himself into bad spots, the rough, again, your body has to be willing to be able to take some of that punishment to make those swings and to play well in those courses. So, um, to me, the masters is his best opportunity in the open championship, AKA the British open, uh, is going to be very much based on the the course that's played because that that's a rotating course.
2: More on this later, we'll talk about golf as golf comes around and tigers more news develops, but I, I plan on pressing you in 2022 on the tiger Phil brooks big guy relationship I, I have more questions as it develops
0: that ends quick thoughts plus other thoughts
3: quick thoughts plus other thoughts i liked it
0: yeah we're gonna get right into the outro here right into it we're not even gonna mess with it as always appreciate everybody for listening remember to follow us at sports gym muff on instagram and twitter sports stuff w forward slash Jim Amerson and Muff on the Facebook. Uh follow us if you want to see any updates on our bets. Follow us if you want to see updates on how we're going with the bull pick'em. Follow us if you want to see who's winning the bull pick'em. Maybe Alex. Alex, are you winning right now? Anybody you know winning?
3: Oh, uh, I didn't check it today because I was real peeved off last night. To be honest. <laughs> it's not me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's not me either. Alex, as always, joins us with the weekly betting episodes that come out on Thursday. Super excited, as always. Maybe we'll have a winning record this week. It's not looking likely, but we can always hope, pray. Uh,
3: Speaking yourself, I have a lot of opportunity left. Yeah, me too. And also, my cousin Paige is winning the bowl pick right now. Shout out, Paige. She's probably never watched a college football game before, unless Brandon made her. There Way we to go. go
0: Paige. At Paige. Whenever we put out this episode, Alex. There. get that going and as we get into the holidays appreciate everybody again another rounding out another year of sports stuff with jim and muff another year of fun excitement many podcasts the good the bad the ugly new segments old segments all of the above and as we get into the holiday season remember tell somebody that you know to listen in for the first time because as always the motto of this show is tell a friend, make a friend, be Be a friend. friend.